for Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on another edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. It's been a while since we've talked to you folks, but Clay, how, how's it, how, how have you been doing? Well, great. Um, yeah, it's been a long season. Hard to pay attention, but uh, it's, it's kind <laughs> Plugging of up, through. And, up and down, but there's uh, lots to talk about. Well, tonight. I have no intention of talking about Wyoming Cowboy basketball. I came to talk about Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. still basking in that glow. Yeah. Or are we gonna we're gonna go round by round breaking down the Fury Wilder fight, aren't we? Uh, well, that would be exciting, but uh, Wilder was kind of like Wyoming basketball <laughs> last night. Just kind of <laughs> faded away. Yeah, he was out of his league last night, anyway. Uh, so, since last time we talked to you, I know it's been a while, but like Clay kind of said, it's just, and I'm sure you fans feel the same way we do. It's just, I mean, after each loss, it's just, what are we going to come on and say? We got out-rebounded again. We got crushed on the boards. Edwards needs to go. So, it's been eight games since we've talked to you. We've played. I think we left off at that Fresno game. Doesn't that sound right, Clay? Or- yes. It's been so long, I couldn't wouldn't hold it against you if you you didn't remember. So we played eight games since then. We won two, we lost six. So I'll just give a just a brief overview of those games. So and this is in chronological order. So I'm going all the way back to the eight games ago. So we lost at San Diego State, fifty-five to seventy-two. And here's a surprise I said on that one. I'll just we out rebounded San Diego State twenty-seven to twenty-four. Yeah. That's when I knew San Diego State was a paper tiger. Because normally, aren't their teams just, like, crushing on the boards, you know? Yeah. That's what's weird about this team. They're, like, opposite. They're not a good rebounding team or not a great rebounding team. And they don't crash the offensive boards, but they're great shooters. Yeah. And I know we've talked about that before when we were covering the San Diego State game, but that just seems ass backwards for a San Diego State game team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially a team ranked in the top five. So, yeah, I mean, I that was a surprising stat. I remember when that happened, you and I talked on the phone about how weird that was. So then we went against Utah State. That was at home, and we lost 68-45. to 45. We got out-rebounded 41-23. to 23. Then it was at San Jose, and we won 71-66, and we managed to keep the rebounding totals close. And I'm giving, I'm giving the rebounding totals for this – that's the only stat I'm giving just because that's kind of been the overarching, you know, talk on the boards and on the podcast is just the rebounds. Right. I mean, yeah. So I'm just kind of see if there's a, a pattern in here. So we won 71 66 on the road to San Jose, the toilet bowl, as it were, unfortunately, uh, we got out, we got out rebounded only by four. So we kept it close 34 38. Then we played at home against Boise and we lost 62 to 67. This is one of those games we could have won, right, Clay? Yeah, I mean, five-point game and just – At home? Yeah, just uh, didn't finish. again. It's just been a story of the season, and I know we'll get into this more later now whenever it comes up, but this Wyoming team just has had a hard time all season just finishing games, you know. They've been there in some games, but it just gets the down to the winning moments, and this team just finds ways to lose. Yeah, for sure. And, but we've always talked about that, like Chiefs Chargers. I know I mentioned that, but like when our teams are good or bad, like the Chiefs this year, you know, they're a good team. They get in those close games, they find a way to win. Yeah. But on those seasons when they suck, you can get in those close games and they'll 
losers find a way to lose too. You know, it's like winners find a way to win. Losers find a way to lose. Yeah, that's uh, the Chargers for me. But yeah, they, <laughs> uh, they certainly. Me and you used to be equal broke. as football fans, but now <laughs> no, I've got the he I've got, got Ann. He, he got Ann for sure. Uh, so that was the Boise game, and then we played at New Mexico, and this was a stinker. Uh, we kept this one real close. They barely edged us out, sixty-eight to ninety-seven. Yeah, it was a close one. I mean, kind of lost it down the stretch. Uh, they scored no. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad one. <laughs> we missed that one key free throw, that one and one, and it really just did us yeah, in. After that, yeah. And the rebounding on that one, see, here's what you see. Some of these games where we managed to keep it close, you know, we'll lose the rebounding battle, but it's in, it's within a handful, you know. But when we absolutely get creamed, it's usually we just get crushed on the boards. Although I guess the San Diego State game was a little different than that, which I think that's more an outlier than anything, though. Yeah. So on the rebounding in the New Mexico game. I mean, how can you ever expect to win getting beat on the boards 27 to 46? Uh, you won't. And I, I I, can't imagine there's ever a game like that that that's ever – you've ever won a game where you – And yet, the very next game Wyoming played, they should have won a game in the exact same situation. So the very next game was the CSU game. And we will go a little deeper into that one because it was an absolute debacle. But we ended up losing 70 to 77, and we were out – and this is a game, by all intents and purposes, we should have won. And we got out-rebounded 26-52. to 52. I mean, don't you lose your man card on that? I mean, like, how do you – I mean, how can you sleep at night? Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense yep. at all. Yeah. And then in the very next game, we really, we really focused in on rebounding, as Edwards likes to claim that that's a focus of the team at Utah State, and we only got out-rebounded 25-42 to and another 20-point loss, 58-78. to So, I mean, the... Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, just another Utah State smoked us twice. And I think they had two guys. So we had a total of 25 rebounds. We were out-rebounded by two guys. They had one guy, uh, their big guy, Kata, he had like 15, and then they had a, a guy, Bean, had 14 as well. And, and he's just, I know this is either here nor there, but he's like a, he's a sophomore, you know. So they won the Mountain West Tournament last year, you know, and we were at the game, and he, at the tournament, and he just looks like some, just some doofus, some dork, you know, like, and he had a pretty good tournament. And he's obviously a pretty good player, but he wasn't like a high recruit for them or anything. And now this year, he's averaging like 11 rebounds a game as a sophomore. He's like the number 10 offensive rebounder in the nation. And it's just like, how could we get one of these guys? Granted, if we had him, it wouldn't do any good because Edwards wouldn't let him rebound. But So what you're trying to tell me is he had black socks and white shoes. Is that, is that what you're trying <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then our next game was this. This was yesterday as we're doing this podcast. It was a win, if you can believe it, at Air Force. And we won 78-72. to and another miracle, we won the rebounding margin. Man, we really we really hit the boards. We won the rebounding by 32 to 31. It's a miracle. Lord, it's a miracle. Man, that does not. So, and that'll be another game we talk a little more about. We're not going to go as in-depth on the games. It's just because at this point, I mean, Wyoming's 7 and 21. I mean, I think we all know where this season's headed or – Already is for for that matter. It's already in the toilet. So, but we will talk a little bit about that. You know, we'll 
like I said, we'll go into the CSU game a little more just because it was such a debacle. Uh, we'll do a little news on just some of the uh, the team. And then uh, we're going to do, a, you know, we'll obviously we'll talk about Edwards and the state of the program. And then we're going to do a new segment tonight. We're going to do trending players. Are they trending up or are they trending down? And that might be a little surprising for might be a little surprising when we get to that. Just if, if players are trending up or trending down. Just one little bit of news. Clay, would you believe it if I told you another one of Wyoming basketball players has mono? Yeah, it's uh, Thompson. He does. And uh, must be something with the big guys. What is going on in Wyoming with concussions and mono? I want – you're a scientist. Give me the give me the breakdown on that. Well, I'm not Well, it's called mononucleosis, and here's what that – I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so here comes my science. But um, uh, I would say that I – you know, basketball and concussions, we've talked about this before, but they don't go hand in yeah. hand a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Obviously, it's, you know, sure, it there's contact, things like that. Um, but mono is something that, I, I mean, I went, I've gone my whole life and only knew one person in my life that's ever had mono, one person. And then I've known a few at Wyoming to have that, so I don't even know how you get it, but it's... Uh, affected two big guys and uh, that i can think of off top of well it head. is known as the kissing the kissing I, I don't think it's a disease the kissing yeah what is the kissing what is it called the kissing disease I don't is, know. Is, it, is it a disease i don't know our, our producer is shaking his head yes it is a disease it's a bacteria um, um but yeah it's but definitely i mean it's dangerous because you can't play with because you know you're contagious hey rumor has it sam darnold almost died because of it in the football season yeah so but anyhow, it, it's obviously something, but it, it, somehow it's affected us in, in basketball. Yeah, like you said, I've never, I've never known one person that has had mono. And I mean, at least not to my knowledge, you know. And then, like you say about the concussions, and I know we've talked about this, but I just want to reiterate this. Two players in the last three years have missed the entire season because of concussions. I mean, that just doesn't happen, does it? I mean... Yeah. And I don't know what, you know, everybody, you know, there's different levels of concussions and I don't know. Is this, like I told you in, in past podcasts, I've had four of them in my life. And I know at the beginning of the concussion, you know, it takes a few weeks to, because when you, you, it's hard to run because you can yeah. actually feel your brain moving. It feels like jello. It does. And it hurts. And it's like a, it's just like a bad headache. But I mean, those went away after a while and. Yeah, but it's just crazy that not a whole season. And if you listen to Edwards, if we had Mormon on this team, that would be the whole difference. We'd be number one in the conference. That's right. Uh, well, and just a little side note on that. I don't. I mean, this is all hearsay and conjecture, as it were. But one of the and I don't follow the Cowgirls as much as I probably should. But one of their players also had mono, so I, I don't know if it's Thompson's girlfriend. I mean, well, I mean, it stands to reason something's going on there. I, well, I'm not one to start rumors, but yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, moving on to the CSU debacle, Clay. Why don't you? So at one point, well, I'll just give a little brief overview, and then Clay's got a little, a little further statistical breakdown. So we started the game off. You know, it's kind of back and forth. Hendricks got in foul trouble, and once he got in foul trouble, the team seemed to take off. I don't know 
that's just a coincidence or not, take that as as you will. And then had the lead at half. Second half started. Hendricks actually did catch fire, hit three threes. We built the lead up to 19 points. We were up 68 to 62 with two minutes and 20 seconds to go and the ball. Or no, 70, 70 to 62. With two minutes to go. 70 to 62. With Sorry. two minutes to go. Yeah, with two minutes to go. But then we Hendricks missed a shot. And then CSU had the ball. And then what happened? Well, and then 19 things happen, and I'll go through them real 19 quick. 19 things. Okay. CSU gets a layup. We turn the ball over. Then we had two fouls in a row. Then CSU hits two free throws. We missed a shot. Uh, we foul a guy on a three. He, he makes, made the three. He makes, all, he, he makes oh. the three free throws. Okay. Then we have a miss. CSU hits a three. We have a miss. We have a foul. They hit two free throws. We have a miss, a foul. They hit two more free throws. We have a miss, a foul, and they hit a free throw to go on a 15-0 run to close the game and win by seven. I don't think that's possible. I would have never believed it was possible. And actually, I was not listening or watching the game. I was checking the score. I was doing. I was busy, and I was checking the score on my phone. Sure. And I saw that we were up by eight with two minutes it's to like, go. Oh, we're going to win. And, and you know how when you're doing the game cast and it doesn't change for a while and you're waiting for an update and a refresh. <laughs> the next update you saw was? <laughs> well, then I had to do something and I came back and I saw we lost 77. I, I had no explanation for you, you had to I think thought I was either, looking at an old game or something. You had to either think the ending score was a misprint or the earlier score that you had seen was a misprint. Like, oh, I went back maybe and I was like, backwards. I, I went back because I just couldn't believe it. Well, I shouldn't say that. Oh, it's no, but I couldn't. I just thought it was impossible because they had won by. So I was like, "Did I see that wrong? Was I looking at the score?" Oh, it's wrong? all too real, yeah. and I can prove it to you if I have to. <laughs> if I could, yeah. If I show you the box score, but yeah, it was crazy and oh, so disappointing. And it was a few games ago, so I don't, you know, remember all the ins and outs. But like you said, didn't we miss a couple free throws? And... Yeah, we, one had, one. we had, had a some, couple stupid yeah, fouls. And, and really, truly, and I know this sounds weird because you think 15-0 run there, but if Hendricks hits that three when we're oh, up by nice. eight, the game's over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Go up by 11, And, two and I know that sounds weird, but momentum and just the way – 11 points. Even just, we can't blow that, can we? Yeah, 11 points is just – I don't know. I, I've always thought that the, there's a – sometimes there's just a dagger – and that yeah. would have been a dagger. And and I know on the message board, some of the people had a – okay, I do have a problem with that shot, and I don't have a problem with that shot. Let me let me explain. So, as I kind of alluded to earlier, we started the game off kind of slow. Hendricks got two fouls, went out. Hendricks has been struggling recently. Uh, so, he goes out. We kind of go on a run, have the lead at half. Start the second half, Hendricks did come out. So, he hit three threes kind of within that first five, seven-minute stretch. But after that, he got one of those, you know how Hendricks gets, you know, like once he thinks he's got the the mojo going, he'll once he passes half court, he'll be firing it up, you know, with a guy in his face. So after the he made those three threes in a row, which did help us build the 19-point lead, I think that was the biggest lead we had in the game. After that, then he missed like his next five shots. He was, you know, and it was one of those ones where at the end of the game, they kept trying to go to Hendricks to make the big shot, you know. So I wish it would have been somebody else shooting that shot because he admit he was kind of off all night except for one three-minute stretch where he hit three in a row. 
But so that was an early. We shot that early. Like four, there was 14 seconds on the shot clock when we shot that. So I normally would just say you should be, you know, eight point lead, two minutes to go. I mean, what would would you do? You think you normally should run it down or? Well, <laughs> you and I have always talked about that we wait too long and then, and then you don't get a good shot right no, no yeah and i think in the regular flow of the game shoot a good shot when you have it you know and i, I know that back in the shyat days and even carried on through edwards we our strategy has always been to try to play good defense and then slow yeah. the game down and drain the clock and all that stuff which leads to bad shots and so you know in that case, though, once again, there was two minutes and some change left. And you can't see me. I'm using air quotes here. Yeah. Supposedly, our best three-point shooter, you know, had an open look in the corner, which is the easiest three you'll get. So that was kind of my point. Like, I agree with you that, like, that was a good shot, you know. 14 seconds, our best shooter, air quotes again, has an open look in the corner. And I think the kind of the – after that and before that, we were doing exactly what you said. We were running the clock all the way down, not running our offense, and we were not getting a good shot. And that, you know, so, helped in the 15-point so turnaround. look at both sides of it. I mean, if we get a good look, take it. You're up by eight. It would be one thing if you were up by five with two minutes left or, or eight. You feel like eight is not a bad shot. But still, I don't know. Well, plus I think it's worth the risk, like you said. That's the dagger shot, you know. Yeah. You have a chance to end the game, you know, for all intents and purposes on that possession. I think it's worth the risk, like you yeah. said. Well, and it's not like we're a team with a huge inside presence oh, where yeah. you get somebody in there. So, it, yeah, for us, it's we're, we're just an odd team. We don't have a huge inside presence, you say? That's news to me. I thought we were I thought we were kind of a, a ground and pound with our, our big man down low kind of team. Uh, Jeff, there's a sarcasm alert. Do you have that on there? Sarcasm alert. Uh, so then, yeah, that was the, uh, and this just goes to, this is kind of in the whole season, like we mentioned, I mentioned, you talked about it earlier, like losing teams find ways to lose games. Mm -hmm. Like how many games this season have we been right there? Like what could our record been? You know, how many games were there there if we just finished the game well, and maybe that comes down to a coaching that coaching player debate that's been kind of the talk. Like, does this team have talent? Does it not? Yeah. You know, like. Well, there's – there. I counted seven games uh, that we were in the game till the end or maybe we lost by, you know, ten points or less or something happened. A um, couple games that come to mind, um, the CSU meltdown, of course. Sure. I mean, you know, Nevada beats us by one. Boise beats us by five. UNLV beat us in OT where we had that Yeah, game. I think that was another game where we had like a seven-point lead with a minute and a half to go, and it was just yeah. missing free throws, turning the ball over, stupid fouls. And then, you know, Cal State Fullerton, seven points. Air Force, where we scored 77 points and lost by nine. But, I mean, we, we had a chance in that game. And then, uh, you know – I mean, I don't think we should ever beat Utah Valley State, but they beat us by the two. <laughs> well, especially on I our mean, home court. It's, they're like Duke to us, you know. Yeah, on our home court, we can't. That's, <laughs> no, let's not get crazy. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, those are seven games that, you know, maybe if we had some better coaching or just a different strategy, 
Uh, or that so, one, or a Derek Cook Jr. type. Yeah, I know that's the guy you really. Something. Well, yeah, just something. Well, I think that that's your take because you're not question. trying to be too greedy and want to, you know, a yeah. Larry Nance Jr. or an Eric Kleckner. That's too much to ask for. Just give us a Derek Cook Jr. Type. Yeah, I just want somebody that when the ball comes off the rim that they just own it, you know. And But what I'm trying to say is there's seven games, and we just talked about, like, at the beginning of the podcast, the Chiefs, and they're winning the games this sure. year. And if we were actually, let's just say that we had one of those years where everything went our way, and even with the the way the team is, and we just win the games that are close or we're kind of in the bag with a minute, two minutes left, we would be 500 right now. We would be 14 and 14 had we just pulled all these seven games out. I know that's asking a lot. Yeah, that's probably all those would go our way. But if we just had one of those years where maybe we – didn't have quite the roster we want, but we had good coaching and kind of made the best of it. We'd be 14 and 14 right now. Which isn't where we want to be, but as mediocrity acceptors, at least. <laughs> Here's the thing on the whole mediocrity. I, you accept mediocrity. I know that's always kind of, we've mentioned that on the podcast. That's always kind of been like a big talking point on the boards that we go to in Wyoming, you know. It's the thing though, it's like, isn't mediocrity a lot better than where we are now? You know, it's like, of course, you always want to be better, but at least it, mediocrity gives you hope, you know? And some might say hope is the best of things, Clay. Maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. But um, somebody would know what that means. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think we would feel good had we beat CSU. I mean, I, I know 14 and Hey, 14, it's a rivalry game? Yeah. 14 and 14 wouldn't be our greatest uh, season sure. or, or, or hope. But I tell you what, if, if we had beat, you know, some of those teams that we should have, if we knock off UNLV, I mean, UNLV just beat San Diego State. At San Diego State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, you know, beat Nevada, beat Boise, who's another team that kind of stinks it up. We, we don't like them, but – um. But then, you know, beat your rival, ah, it just, it, it, you know, it just makes you feel a little bit better about the program. I know, yeah. I know that 14 I and even, 14 with Edwards. I can't even go outside with my Wyoming gear on now. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but it just makes you feel better when we're winning some games. If, let we're, me, if we're winning half the games, I think we feel pretty decent about something. Let me clarify. That was another sarcasm. I will never be embarrassed about wearing, wearing my Wyoming gear, just so you know. But I want to say one other thing. Last night when UNLV beat San Diego State, yeah, UNLV is a 500 team. Yeah, at least and you so have a. Do you think people at UNLV? I mean, maybe they're not happy about being 500, but don't you think they feel pretty good about things? Right now, now, I mean, now, and this is the glory, of the, the greatness of college basketball. I think is you always have a chance with the conference tournaments, you know, or mm-hmm. because now, I mean, UNLV might be uh, we beat we can beat San Diego State, yeah. at San Diego State. Especially for UNLV because they have the the tournament on their home court. I mean, they got to be looking. We got a chance maybe to win the tournament. They do. I mean, yeah. So they, as a five, just over fifteen and fourteen team right now, they have a, they probably have the confidence in that locker room to maybe make the NCAA tournament. Because I mean, look back five years ago, and I know there were circumstances with, you know, Nance coming back from the injury, and was that the season he got mono? Why do I not remember? Was that the season before? Seems I, like he was coming back from. I think. I, I think he got mono the year that he came. His the the last year. The, the year we won. We right? went to the tournament because I remember he was recovering from something and he was just. Yeah. 
kind of at the turn, he was just really kind of getting to about 95% of what he was, you know. Yeah. But before that, I mean, we're not even making an NIT tournament before that run at the tournament, you know. So at least you always got a puncher's chance if you're in the hunt. I mean, I wouldn't make an argument that that team was better than their record, obviously, with the Nance injury. And but if we Marlin. were a 500 team, you know, and you're looking at, let's just say we would have beat CSU and Nevada and Boise and UNLV and, Air, you know, you did beat Air Force. But, okay, so you're saying, you know, even if we go to a, the, the tournament with several wins in the conference, you know, on a neutral floor, sure. if we don't play UNLV, um, you know, we feel like, shoot, you know. Yeah, we, there's a little hope, a little yeah, optimism. We, yeah, just – you know, maybe you could make some run and San Diego State gets knocked off and, and maybe Utah State teams that we can't beat. But, uh, yeah, you just like your chances uh, for that great run. But I think that, you know, goes to a larger point. And I'll make the argument – I mean, obviously, you know, we're missing a couple of pieces, you know, some three-point shooting, obviously some rebounding, some, you know, bigs. But I would make the argument, if you're a good coach, a great coach, you know, get me down to the two-minute mark with a five-point lead. I'll get you the win, you know. Like, am I wrong on that? Or, I mean, doesn't it seem like that's what a good coach, a great coach does? Well, and I know there's some people that weren't. I mean, obviously, the, I mean, okay, let me, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But the players obviously got to play, right? I mean, they got to do it on the court. But I just think you got to put the players in the right spot. I just don't think that's happening. Well, you know, you look at the great programs, and when they get down to the crunch, I think I – So think the that, Utah Valleys and the yeah, Dukes. Yeah, Duke and Utah Valley State. You know, no, but some of those programs that, you know, are just consistently good, they have Hall of Fame-type coaches. And, not, and I know we're talking Wyoming, and we haven't had very many of those guys, but just even some of our greatest coaches of all time at Wyoming or just some of the ones that – you know, been great in our conference or whatever, you know, as a fan, their coaches give them the best shot to sure. win. I know it comes down to the players making plays, but how many times have you seen a great play call or they, they find yeah, run that, way... in, that out of bounds inbounds play where it gets yeah. you an easy layup or gets you fouled or what, you know, uh, like even with Larry Shiat, I always felt like, I mean, there's a lot of times where we lost close games, but his teams were always in the game. I mean, we had a chance two, three minutes to go, even five minutes to go. We were always in, the, you know, it was always three, four point game. Either we were up by three, down by yeah. three, but you always felt like we had a chance. And you didn't feel and like then, you were going to get out schemed by the other guy. No, other but, we, but he was a master at figuring out schemes and ways to get grave out of the ball at the very end of the game and we would win i mean how many times did you see it but i'm just saying that the great coaches or just you know solid coaches put their players in the best chance to win and yeah it comes down to the players making plays but just having that opportunity and we just we find ways to screw it up and what we'll, you know yeah and we'll get into this a little bit later when we do the you know the trending players trending up trending down but i do think like I said, obviously we're missing a piece, two, three pieces. But I do think there's some, you know, some legitimate Mountain West talent on this team that we should be getting better results than seven and twenty-one. And I think you would agree. I mean, yeah, it's kinda... I mean, there's certainly, you know, there's players playing high minutes that aren't scoring, and guys that actually do score in low minutes. And perfect. I mean... That's a perfect lead-in because that was my very next thought. So in that CSU game, right? 
So in the first half, Porter had 12 points. Okay. So he comes in, he hasn't been playing much. And here's what I think about Porter. I think he's, I've kind of mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I've mentioned it to you off, off the air. And I mentioned it to my brother who I talk a lot about cowboy basketball with. Wouldn't it be safe to say that Edwards needs a Hail Mary to save his, I mean, that's been pretty clear for, for a good month and a half. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why keep throwing out guys like, you know, banks with, I mean, he's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the one hand I can see, you know, you want to play your seniors. They've been in the program long, you know, they deserve to play. By all accounts, Banks is a good guy. He's working hard. So, you know, you'd hate to end a guy's career by just being like, oh, well, we got to go young here, you know. So I can see that. But as Edwards, I mean, he, you know, he's facing getting fired, you know. So wouldn't it behoove him to play some of these young guys with some higher ceilings? So it, back to the, the CSU game. So Porter comes in in the first half because I think Taylor and Hendricks were in foul trouble. So essentially – Edwards had no choice, but he had to play Porter. Porter comes in, it's three threes right away, you know, and he's a six eight. He's athletic. I mean, he's not without his warts. You know, he's a he's foul happy. He, you know, he can be turnover prone. Although in the last couple of games he hasn't been a real turnover machine like he has before. But so anyway, he comes in, his three threes, you know, gets off in three. And then, you know, the defense is sagging, you know guarding him close he does a nice pump fake gets by his defender goes drives in the lane makes the layup gets fouled hits the free throw so with five minutes to go in the first half i think he gets pulled something like that five seven minutes to go in the first half he didn't come back in the so scored 12 points he didn't come back into the game until five minutes to go in the game isn't that just awful coaching yeah it is and i mean i don't care who you are i don't care if you're austin Mueller. If you're a listener of this podcast, you know how I feel about Austin Mueller. But if Mueller's on a heater, you go to him. Yeah, and I don't – and you and I didn't discuss this, or I never thought about it, but but Banks played 31 minutes in that game and didn't even shoot. Oh, yeah, um, he's such a liability out there. Not yeah, that I don't think he yeah. could be a good player. But I'm guessing he, – He's just so uh, passive. But I guess that he had him out there for some defensive purposes. But, but – um. And I, and I know I, and they're not even in the same position, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. A guy scores 12 points. In 11 and, minutes. And and he plays 11 minutes, and then the other guy plays 31, and he doesn't even shoot once. So to be clear, okay, let me go back. I missed something. So I'll give Edwards just a, you know, just a little bit of a, a you know, some leeway here. So – he did get pulled in the first half after he committed his third foul. Okay. Yeah. But here's the, here's my argument to that. If you're not going to put him back in the game until five minutes to go in the game, then obviously you're not real concerned about his fouls, you know? He, so let him play, let him, let him score another six points and foul out in the first half. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it just makes no sense. To well, me. at least, you know, in the second half, bring him in. Cause I mean, you know how momentum and confidence is. I mean, when you got a guy that scores 12 points in 11 minutes, I mean, he's feeling pretty good oh, about it. I know. And you're kind of looking for a spark that would fire that guy up, right? I mean, he, he's kind of sure. been just one of these players that's kind of here. Sitting on the end of the bench, not yeah. playing. And then he scores 12 points, and then, you, you know. So then when you do bring him in with five minutes to go, 
Like he's been sitting on the bench for. What were you even trying to do? You know? And he brought him back in, and I don't even think Porter got shot. I think he was only in for, you know, a minute or two, and then he was back on the bench. You know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, maybe he is a defensive liability, and I'll, I'll make that argument that. So I was really focusing in, on him on yesterday. You know, with the Air Force game, it's just like because he always is in foul trouble. So if he did play more minutes, he would be one of those guys that's always fouling out. But at least he could put the ball in the hoop, so he might give you some points. But So I was just watching him, and he was like, oh, yeah, he could get called for foul. That's a foul. That's a foul. Oh, yeah, they could have called him there. He's holding. He's grabbing. So I don't know. Do you think that, do you think that's strength? If he added some strength, maybe he could get away from that? Is that a guy that, you know, he's having to guard the post, you know, and he's 6'8", and he's kind of more like 190 pounds. Like, he's just not trusting his – He's just getting bullied around, essentially. I don't yeah. know. Well, in the yeah, bigger, stronger guys. If they have bigger, stronger guys, if they have any skill at all, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna push you around, and uh, unless you're super skilled. But um, and our our three interior defenders right now are Taylor at six six, Maldonado at six 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 seven. I mean, these are wing players, and then we have. Porter, who's playing, you know, like 12 minutes a game, and he's a 6'8". I mean, he's another wing for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, but, yeah, and so there's those things. But just back to the main discussion on this, I mean, you, you know, you, you got – and I know in this game Hendricks played less minutes than he normally does, but there's times where, I mean, he can't hit anything – and he stays in the game, plays 39, 40 minutes. And it's, it's and not like Porter's he... hot, and he gets cold oh, and never goes back in. And that just doesn't like you, like you said. You know, he needs to find some savior of something to pull some games out just to give him momentum. And it's and... not like Hendricks does anything else for you. It's not like okay, well, he might be off tonight shooting, but he'll still get me those seven rebounds and you know take care of the ball and. It's just, uh, it's but you mad. have nothing to lose by leaving him in there. Yeah, he gets in foul trouble. You pull him out, but put him back in in the first five minutes of the second half and just see it. And then if he fizzles out, then take him back out. You know. And that's the and we talked about that on previous podcasts. Like some guys, and it like like Mueller, Hendricks, and you know Maldonado, but at least he's a good player. Like they have the longest leashes. It doesn't matter what they do, they can play. And then some of these other guys. You know, it'll be hot like Porter, make one mistake or two, and then he's done for two more games. You know, it's just like yeah. Banks doesn't even shoot one time, but he stays in for thirty-one minutes. I just, and yeah, not to blame. And, and I and and I'm I'm not blaming Banks because I'm sure he was out there for defensive purposes. But it's just how good of a defender do you got to be to justify playing a guy that refuses to shoot the ball? Yeah. I mean, because it makes it so much harder on the opposite end. Of, I mean, you got to be a Justin Williams type defender to be playing if you're that much of a liability on offense because you don't even have to guard them. I mean, if banks, okay, let's just say that banks had a green light and he knew that he could shoot it as much as Hendricks. Okay. Just which is a lot. If he just knew that he could shoot when he felt comfortable shooting, like with no judgment, even if he misses or whatever, if he, if just, he had the grace that Hendricks has when he misses and is off, then you'd almost kind of think that, cause he's shown that he's capable. Yeah, he just, shoots a decent percentage. He just yeah. doesn't shoot, but yeah, he gets it. And he, his, you can tell when he gets it, he doesn't want it in his hands. Like he's, he's looking for the next move, you know? Yeah. And 
you know, and, and you and I talked about this before, but you know that when he played in high school, when he got the ball, he was the yeah. man on his team and he was going to shoot it. Well, he's got, and we've mentioned this before, but he has elite athleticism. Yeah. And I mean, there's gotta be a way to take advantage of that on both ends of the court. I mean, and it's not like he's a complete liability shooting. No. And he's just, I don't know. But he can't be any worse than But at Hendricks. this point, I, I'm almost not going to blame Edwards on Banks. I I mean, I think he shouldn't play as much, so I'll blame Edwards for that. But, I mean, Banks, I just think he's just so passive. He just, I don't know, it's like you kind of alluded to, it's a confidence thing. or But he just refuses to shoot. I just, I'm sure Edwards tells him to shoot. but Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, I mean – that happens but i mean like i said there there were times in his career at wyoming where i, I remember seeing him where he was actually made some shots and i wish he'd have shot more oh for sure but he yeah. well that was a big talking point we had all last season on the podcast sometimes bank banks would have those games where he'd score you 13 points and he's athletic so he'd get you six rebounds a couple steals and but this down the stretch of his career it's sad to say but we're just seeing less and less of that yeah. I mean, he showed some flashes early on, but I mean, recently, and we'll kind of get to that in the trending players up or down, but I mean, just the last, I'll just, yeah, I'll let me give it here. Just since he's had three scoreless games in the last five games and he's playing starter, he's starting and he's playing starting minutes. I mean, yeah, he just, you I mean, can't have that. And he's not even shooting. Yeah. And it's not for, because he's 0-10 from the field like Hendricks would be, but so one other quick stat on the CSU, CSU game. And I, I mean, I'm not complaining. I just take this for what it was, but it was a little frustrating. One of the major reasons they were able to beat us, they shot 43 throws and we only shot 17. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of that is they outman us underneath, so we've got to kind of foul them and chip them and stuff. But you know in a close game like that, though, that they could – I mean, I think I think that's a little unbalanced. I yeah. mean, well, say what you will. I mean, in the, for a guy that refs, I ref, and – and uh, there's two, two ways to look at that. Sometimes there is a team that's a little more aggressive or they foul a little bit more. And so there's sometimes those matchups are like that. Um, and then on the other end of it, I can honestly tell you from a ref standpoint, most of the time, most of the time, there, uh, there's equal fouls. There's equal contact. There's it's like equal... holding in football. You can always call it if you yeah. want an offensive holding on the line, you know? Yeah, and sometimes just one team, like I said, just they're just a little more obvious with it. They're a little more out of control. Sometimes they have a they have some guys that drive more, you know, and we seem to chuck it from the outside so we don't get the fouls. When we had, you know, Josh Adams and some of those guys that would in, infiltrate yeah. the lane, you know, um, we would get those foul calls and even those things out a little bit and you know csu definitely has guys that aren't afraid to go inside but we seem to chuck it from the outside so much more yeah the molden auto but i just yeah. and like no, i said i, I don't know. remember the particular i, I agree with you your major I mean, point though. 23 more free throws in a close game i mean don't get me wrong i think they should have had a free throw advantage because they are the bigger more physical team down low but i mean there were several instances in that game where their guy would drive and there'd be a little push. They'd get the call on our guy, Maldonado, or somebody would drive and get kind of hit and it's like no call. But like I said, I mean, I guess let's save all yeah, our calls that, for another season yeah, when we're that, actually that a good team. That is definitely – It's just uh, frustrating when you're 23 watching. is crazy. Uh, so here's another stat on 
Well, okay, let's talk about the Edwards quote after the game. So, after the game, he was actually asked, like, finally some reporter had the stones to, you know, mention, you know, his job security. And then he essentially said, oh, he wasn't worried about his job, but he's not losing sleep over it. Which, what are you going to say? You know, like, I can't sleep at night. I'm going to get fired. Uh, but afterward, he said, this is what was offensive. He said, we could pad our wins if we wanted to do, if we wanted to. But we're trying to build this program the right way. If we wanted to just, you know, pad wins, we could do that if we wanted to. But Wyoming is not a win right away program. It's a build program. Which, okay, let's break that down. If you're, first, if you're going to lose your job, don't you think you might want to pad some wins? I mean, is he, is, he is either the most ignorant or arrogant man I've ever met. In my, I've never met him, but. He seems like the most ignorant or arrogant man ever because it's got to be one of the two. He's either so bullish on his ways the right way or more likely in most people's opinion, he's just so clueless. Like, And I don't know which one it is, but I will tell you that um, no coach is going to sacrifice wins for to build the program. I mean – No, you, maybe if this was your first year, you kind of get rid of some of those – yeah. Like, and this is like, I've never, but like, I don't know if you, it was years ago. It was under Schroyer, but Schroyer was kind of known for bringing in some guys with some questionable mm-hmm. characters, you know, and like Desmar Jackson. I mean, I liked him as a player and I didn't know anything bad about him, but there was a lot of rumors about him. And mm-hmm. so he ended up, when we got our new coach, I think Shy, you know, he didn't stick around. So maybe in your first year, you kind of get rid of some of those sour, yeah. sour grapes, those bad apples. But yeah. I mean, in year four, don't think that's where we're at yeah but i think in this particular part of the season i agree with you stuff like that kind of fate you know uh, is filtered out at the beginning of the year maybe the first part of the year or whatever i would say 10 year yeah. not year like well no like, i'm talking i'm just saying at this point in his like 10 year yeah. or even this part of the season i mean you're trying to you're trying to win games you're not trying to, you know, well, you know, I, I don't know what you would try to be building. Maybe that's a lost season, so you're thinking about that stuff. Well, then wouldn't he play the younger guys over Banks and Hendricks if he was? But, I mean, but how do you think that any fan would feel that you're sacrificing something else just to and foregoing wins? Well, don't even, I think it was more of a comment like he's trying to get the guy, the right guys in the program, like character and yeah. guys that are going to be good. You know, on the court, in the classroom, yeah. in the community. Yeah. But, like, I think that's – and that's the bigger problem I have with this, the comment. It's not the pad wins thing. I just think that's laughable. Because if he could pad them, he would pad them, you know. He'd get as many wins as he could. Absolutely. Especially – That's what I'm trying to especially say. Especially in a year where it's win or go home, yeah. essentially. And that's what I'm trying to say. But here's the part I had. It's a build program. It's not a win right away program, which I agree with. Wyoming is a build program. Most of our coaches that have been successful have came on, came in and, you know, built from the ground up and progressively got better, you know, as they were here. So it's, have we ever had a coach? Like, to my knowledge, and I, we really haven't, like we hired a coach and he came right away and just, like, we were top of the conference, like, instantly. Well, the first year, Larry, the first 10 years, yeah, okay, Larry yeah. Shy, he had one, yeah, I mean, came in one year, right? Yeah. And he actually did turn the program around, which is pretty rare. Um, but was that a top of the conference or top half? Well, or was it, I mean, like, we, one, two? I don't remember. I mean, we 
we were winning and I, we were winning lots of games, but for our program at sure. that time, and I can't, and without looking it up, I can't remember the everything, but I mean, we were winning games. We were having a great season and everybody was feeling pretty good. It ended up in an NIT, right? Yeah, I think something like that. I I just can't remember. I'm sorry off the top of my head. You're the historian around here. You've got the, you've got the age on me. But I, I just remember that when he came in and kind of got it turned around so quickly, everybody was feeling good about it. And then he was gone. And then, boy, Oh yeah, that was was a fiasco. And so, uh, you know, but I can't honestly tell you off the top of my head, but, but, you know, I don't, I, I agree that we're, you know, in general, a build, know, program. a build program, but here's the thing. We can't just load it, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. This is his ninth year with the team. He was here. I think it's ninth, eighth or ninth. I read in an article. Five ninth. years with Shyatt. This is ninth year. I mean, what do you mean? I mean, that's a build, isn't it? I mean, if it isn't built by this time, it ain't getting built. Yeah, I mean that's laughable that he was, and it's his fourth year as the head coach. I mean, yeah. no, I mean that was fascinating. I, I think it's been the other way around. I think it's gone downhill. Yeah, it's going. It's so getting worse. It's not getting not, better. We're not building the program. We're, we let it go. We've, tor- tear, we've torn it down. Yeah. We're, well, we didn't. We didn't build on the the strengths that we had each year, which is what good programs do. We've actually let some things go, and it kind of looks like a playground ball. Yeah, I will say one positive is I think they, the kids keep playing hard. You know, I mean, at least give it a little credit where credit's due. Because we've seen teams in the past kind of just, you know, go through the motions out there. Yeah, and no, they're not. They're playing hard. And I mean, look, they're getting a, a late season win against a team that they've been getting beat by for a while. And so, you know, I got to give them credit. And even having some close games recently. You know, it's not like they're quitting. No, it's a crap. Like, I was happy for the kids, you know, that they got the win against Air Force, and I felt bad for them against CSU, but I'm not going to lie in that CSU game. I was I was sad for the kids that they lost, but I was happy Edwards lost. I know that's a crappy thing to say, but, man, I, I thought just some of his, like, not playing Porter and playing <laughs> Hendricks and keep going back to that well and yeah. just all the other there's things. A, there's just a like, part of you that goes, well, you, you gotta learn. He got he got what he deserved, Obviously. and he won't. That's what I'm saying. He's he's either arrogant or ignorant because he just keeps doing the same things. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but this is kind of this is the fifth consecutive year we've been the worst rebounding team in the Mountain West. And this year, and probably some of those other five years, we've been one of the worst rebounding teams in the country. Like, like okay, this goes back to the build thing. Year after year after year after year after year, we're terrible rebounding and we do nothing to change it it's just mm-hmm. isn't that just asinine well and like i said earlier you know a lot of these guys or pretty much every guy that plays for wyoming was one of the best players oh, sure. on his high school team and you know when they were in high school they were rebounding and they were doing those things so i think a lot of those players come in and you know they know how to rebound but rebounding to me I think there's some part that you just have guys like you mentioned Derek Cook Jr., who was just a guy that he owned the boards when he was in there. Him and and uh, Larry Nance Jr. When they were in the game, if a ball came off of that rim and they were there, they were going to get it. Or but they would own their area and get it. And 
a lot of rebounding, even if you're smaller, is technique. It's it's a focus about finding and getting a body. And you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to get the rebound or you're going to get the rebound and get fouled. It's very rare if you have good position and good technique that a guy is going to be able Come to Come over your around. back and even, get a clean rebound? Yeah, even if he's bigger than you. Um, there are some cases, like if you have a really small guy and a seven-footer or something like that, I know that stuff, but it is a focus area, and it's a huge stat. It's a huge – when I mean, 46 to 27, 46, you know. And then, yeah. And, and win and lose, and, and then I Edwards just in the, don't understand how you can do it five years in a row with such a huge stat. And then Edwards has the audacity to come out in the post-game press conferences after games like this and be like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're focusing on rebounding. It's just like, give me no, a break no, here, man. You know, and so, but it's something that you have to instill in your players that we can't, we can't get beat on the boards like that. It has to be a team focus. Five years is inexcusable. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. All right. So let's, we're, you know, we're running a little low on time. Let's, we could bicker all day long about this, but let's move to the Air Force game. Just, We'll briefly cover it. Not we've not go full in depth on it. But Wyoming did win yesterday, seventy-eight to seventy-two. And like you said, it's a team that's beat us three times in a row that's been beating us. So it was nice to get a win. You know, no matter how bad the season's going, it's you know a nice reprieve at least to get a put one in the win column for a change. And we did. We really shot really good in this game. I don't know if this was just a game where it just comes down to well, we shot pretty good and we you know we managed to win the rebounding battle. Uh, we shot 50% from the field, which is really good. We shot 39% from three-pointer. I mean, we didn't hock them up as much as we normally did, but 9 at 23, still respectable. I mean, that's even on the, you know, the better end, you know. 30, he can shoot close to 40% as a team. That's pretty good. Shot good from the free throw line, 81%, uh, 13 to 16. Like I said, we did out-rebound them. But the real highlight of this game would have to be Greg Milton. 28 points and uh, to go along with Maldonado's 19. And so, you know, we always talk about having double digit scores, but when somebody scores 28, yeah, that's, that's like, like two that's guys, like two guys. Yeah. For us, that's almost three guys. Yeah. Well, and the other guy is almost at 20. So, I mean, the, and you had, a, you had a, a contributions of nine, six, seven, four, three. I mean, that, that, that's what we're talking about that you got to have, um, you know, if we can get into the seventies, we have a good shot. I mean, I think we're five and one when we score in the seventies or something like that. Oh, that's an odd. Con- you put the ball in the hoop more times. <laughs> yeah. You have a better chance of winning. That's weird. I well, the last time, the last time we uh, played Air Force, we scored seventy-seven and lost by nine. So well, let me. This is just a start. I don't know if this is just. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard like in the NBA they say it's a make or miss league. Yeah. Like some nights when the other team's making it, there's just nothing you can do. You're gonna lose. But the nice thing missed, you know, it just it'll balance out. So the first game we played Air Force, they were 17 of 30 from three for 56.7%. And in this game, three of 14 for 21%. I mean, just how many – that's just such a huge difference. I mean. Yeah, and I can't remember uh, – I'm, I'm going to look it up here real quick. And you can say what you want about defense, you know. But a lot of that's just they're making shots or they're missing shots, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I mean uh, – one was on the road, one was at home, and 
Well, that's it's backward though. I, I know they shot hot on the road and I, I know cold and old. And so I mean, I'm just saying there's different factors and things like that. But I wanted to look at one quick stat from that last game that I meant to earlier. But um, you know, they had a couple of their. I mean, I think last time we played them, they had one, two, three, four, five, six guys and oh yeah, figures, they were just, you know it was everybody. And so and I knew it was like and they I all hit like three threes a piece and more. Yeah, and I just couldn't remember exactly what it was, but. You know, and and we gave up 72, which is still a lot of points in our games. But um, it was just nice to see us finish the game. Yeah, and, and that that was, yeah, what I was leading into. So let me just give a brief overview. Milton came out. Well, he didn't start, but he did come in fairly early because he ended up playing 35 minutes in the game, which, I mean, that's way more than he's get, been getting. Came in, started hot. I think he started off 3-3 three three from 3, had a nice drive to the hoop made the layup, got fouled. It was nice to see Edwards kind of stick with the hot hand like he didn't do with Porter in the CSU game. He did kind of cool down there for a bit, but then he had a big three towards the end of the game, hit a couple big free throws, and he also added you four rebounds. I mean, from he's one of the smallest guys on our team, you know, 6'1 guy. Come in, if he, that's what we've been talking about. Just You need some of those guys just to pitch in four or five rebounds. Like sometimes you'll see – a guy like Hendricks played 37 minutes and get one rebound. You just, you can't have that. No. And, and <clears throat> you know, we've always talked about how Maldonado is, just does everything for the team. The rebounds, the assists, yeah. the steals, points, the steals, blocks. every little thing. He leads all the way across in that. And it was just nice to see another guy. I mean, he got, uh, you know, 19, Maldonado got 19 points, but it's, it is it's probably nice for him to, you yeah. know, have another guy pitch be in hand. the game and be winning the game where he's not, you know, he's only sitting there with two points at half or something. So that brings up the last part of this. Well, is, let me, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm leaning you yeah. to. Yeah. So, like you said, we this a lot of those games we we're right there at the end, but we just can't close it. So there was a point where I was like, you know, we, I think we were leading majority of this game. We were up at half. We kind of were the team with the lead, but. Air Force kind of went on a run there. Maldonado got in foul trouble, so he went to the bench. And they got out to like a four, four or five-point lead, Air Force did, you know, after we've been leading all game. And it's just like, all right, here we go again. Like, we had a chance. It looked like we were going to win. But it's just like, it's over. We There's no way. We cannot close out games. And then what happened, Clay? So with 5.32 to go in the game, then our guy, the guy we were talking about, Maldonado, uh, Without that pressure, because we've got a high scorer in yeah. the game, and so without that pressure, uh, scored in his hometown, mind yeah. you, that was cool to see. Scored twelve points in the last five. So what was the score when he kind of? Okay, when he came in, uh, we were down by four, and so he gets a two, he hits a three, he gets a dunk, he hits another three, then he gets fouled, makes both free throws, and he gave us the lead with fifty-two seconds left. And so uh, that was just really nice to see. So how many points in total was that? 14, so had, no, 12 had, points, and then he assisted. 12 points, one assist, and two well, I think that assist might have been on Milton's three, too. So yeah, that might have been. Yeah. So in the last, yeah, 12 points, one assist, two rebounds in the last 532. And he was the reason that, you know, we were able to finish. Yeah. And it was, nice, like I said, in his hometown with friends and family. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least – a couple other stats I just want to point out is we were seven for eight in the last minute and 30 in free throws, which is something that we normally don't do in closing situations. And so that, 
I mean, that right there, along with Maldonado's play down the stretch. And I, I do think, you know, we've kind of talked, there was a lot of pressure. He's got to carry the team in every little thing. Yeah. But when you got another guy pitching in 28 points, it, you know, it, it, he scores 12. So he had seven points. Before that thirty-two mark, yeah, and it finished with nineteen. Which... And normally in a game when he's got seven points with four minutes to go, we're getting beat by twenty-five. And I mean... he scores seven points. Yeah, I mean he doesn't. You know, so it was just nice to see somebody else score, somebody else. You know, other guys pitching in, and then when he had to step up and be a leader, he finished. Yeah, that was nice to see. That's yeah, great. So let's transition to our last little thing here. I know we're already running a little little long here, but I wanted to do because I think it's interesting. Okay, trending players, trending up, trending down. I mean, it's a – I think I'm not inventing the concept of arrow up, arrow down, or arrow sideways, which means you're kind of just treading water. But I just wanted to go through some of these guys. So I'm going to throw one out to Clay, and then I'll kind of give one. Uh, all right, TJ Taylor. What what do you think, Clay? Trending up, trending down, staying the same? Um, I'd say trending up. He's uh, eight points, five rebounds. Um, over what stretch? That's over the last six games. I'm sorry, I was gonna say that, but um, uh, over the last six games, and he's only a sophomore. Yeah, and he's kind of been kind of got thrown into the starting lineup with Thompson out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, eight points, five rebounds, they're gonna blow you away, but I mean, that's solid production out of a sophomore. Absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, and so when you when you think about guys being consistent, eight points is pretty good right now for a guy pitching in for us. But, you know, I, yeah, like, I think the, he has, I, I like the confidence. Yeah. And he's not, you know, he's not a big turnover guy, you know, kind of plays. I mean, he's doing, he's holding his own considering he's like our tallest guy out there playing in the post. Yeah. I mean, he's playing out of position and he's giving you some solid production. So I agree. I used to, I think he's trending up. So Hunter Maldonado, not much to say here. He did have a, you know, like we just talked about, he had the great Air Force finish. He had a real bad Utah State game where he was like 2 of 12. But other than that, he's just kind of been, you know, I'm saying he's trending, he's treading water, which is even, but that's good for Maldonado. He's been good. He stay, He was good at the beginning. He's good in the middle. He's been good at the end. So he's just been good overall. For sure. Uh, okay, here's one of the highlights probably. What about Quan Marble? Well, the last 13 games, uh, averaging 11 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.6 steals, and he's only a freshman. So is that up or down? <laughs> that would be up. So I gave him two arrows up. I think he's our big – yeah, he looks good. I I find it funny. So if you listen to our – ironic, I guess you could say. So if you listen to our podcast last season, who was my man crush? This guy. Well, Kenny Foster, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, sorry. That's you son of a bitch. You, you tell well you, i thought you were talking about what we were, no, we were okay. talking about earlier so no. sorry yeah no. he was foster was Kenny my foster, he was your man what was funny and ironic is these two played in the same league right yeah they did so maybe that was your confusing i, I, the same I got league. him confused yeah but, uh yeah so they played in the same league and so marvel was on my radar you know but i was like watching all the you know foster games i could i mean i had an eye on marvel yeah. but he was just kind of wasn't doing much you know yeah and then Foster was like, you know, all conference player, player of the year in Colorado, Gatorade player of the year. And then they get to Wyoming and Marvel's the better player. It's just, how does that work? I don't understand that. Well, like some guys, you, the high recruits come in and 
I mean, I know it's not a, you know, a science with recruiting and whatnot. Same thing in like drafting in the NBA and the NFL. Sometimes the the lower guys come in are way better than the higher, you know, pedigree guys, but it's just so weird. They're same league. Yeah. How is one guy so much better in the same league? And then. Yeah. It's just situational. And, and you got to keep in mind that we're not on a, a very good team. So different opportunities present themselves in different ways yeah but fosters i mean no i know but it's just like i said it's a different level different team different experiences different things yeah. going on in practice it's just it's just different so all right aj banks i'll take that one we've already mentioned it he's trending down uh the senior three of the last five games he's gone scoreless and then those other games it's not like he's giving you you know 20 points a game yeah uh and we've already kind of talked about it so banks trending down uh so what about milton i think that's an easy one after yesterday well last six games nine and a half points average uh two rebounds a game and he's only a sophomore so another young guy trending yeah, up man. trending up I like so that. you're making the argument that edwards has got this going the right way getting close to averaging <laughs> double digits and you know i like that stat so yeah i just i feel good about him um you know when you have a sophomore that's you know, especially on our team where we've struggled to find guys getting into double digits and he's getting close, uh, you know, cause that's too good. Are we, are we a little bit of good coaching away to getting him up there to yeah. 12, 12 or 13? Cause that's two guys there. right there. So obviously we were talking about Maldonado. He's well into the double figures every game. I think there's only been like two games all season where he hasn't got double digits. Uh, then Marble's averaging 11 points a game. Milton's hanging right around there at nine and a half. And then, he, like you said, Taylor's at eight points, so he's not that far away. And I know this is kind of cherry-picking the stats, you know, last five games, six games. But, I mean, I definitely do think there are some pauses with the actual play on the court from the, the players as opposed to the coaching aspect of it, I think, is kind of what we're getting to here. Uh, I'll take Foster, another – I mean, I'd say trending up, but it's probably more towards – trending the same trending up but in the last five games he's he's kind of been hit or miss more than the other guys he is averaging 6.2 points per game but one game he'll have, kind of end up with 11 or 12 and the next game it's back down to one or two and my big point I, this one frustrates me about Edwards. just another thing so foster's kind of i mean he can drive and he's good around the rim and he's kind of sneaky athletic he's a white guy he's sneaky athletic yeah he's not just athletic he's sneaky athletic yeah. uh but he's kind of a shooter, you know, like mid-range outside shot. And he's been – he's let's be honest, he's been dreadful. He's like – I think he's shooting less than 20% from three. Sure. But in a season like this, don't you think you get in those Utah State – but he's only doing it like, you know, two or three shots a game, you know, four shots a game. Maybe you'll get the outlier game where he shoots eight times a game. Mm-hmm. But – and especially in a season like this, but even deeper than that, in a game like New Mexico we're getting beat by 30. Say you're getting beat by 20 with 10 minutes to go. Don't you think, okay, let me throw Foster in there. He's kind of in a shooting slump. Let's just throw him out there, make him the number one option on offense, run the offense through him, let him get some shots off, and maybe he can bust the slump. Because how – we've talked about this before. We're, you know, we play adult men's softball, as funny as that sounds to say. but uh, And we're pretty competitive. How hard would it you – know, we've both been through slumps, you know. How hard would it be to get out of a slump if you're only getting one at bat per tournament? Two at bats per tournament. Yeah, I think that's the equivalent of only getting two shots in a game. You know, yeah. Like, well, and that's it's all about confidence, and sometimes it comes through repetitions. You know, and 
and you you have to fight your way out of it but um yeah if you're just passively getting shots or you're not shooting very much you're not going to really have that opportunity that confidence because when you do get it it feels you know oh yeah it's a such a big difference rare and so sometimes your emotions get the best of you so yeah i just found i just it's so frustrating the way he's handling foster because i think he does have a high ceiling but he he feels like he's just holding him back and it's hard to get out of a a slump when you're only playing 10 12 minutes a game yeah uh not much to say on this one but i'll throw it to you hunter thompson no out with mono so it's hard to get a feel on him right now but i mean you Either know, tr- he's he's been my white whale. Uh, I I never know what's going to happen with him. He shows glimpses and then he shows glimpses of futility. I tell yeah. you. Well, say, I mean he's the he's the inconsistent one and has been oh, for yeah. good two oh. years. Uh, you know he'll score. He's got the capability of scoring twenty points. And then he'll just score none. Yeah. And then sometimes he's just kind of right there with eight or six or something, and you just never know what you're going to get. Sometimes I mean he'll. I mean, he'll the rare times it'll like surprise you with a 10 rebound game. And it really feels like a couple real good ones too, you know, like, and then all the other games where he plays 35 minutes and he gets you one rebound yeah. out of six ten guy. It's just not, you can't do it. Yeah. I mean, Cause like you think a guy like him, when he has a bad game, he's going to have like eight points or something like yeah. that, you know, but his bad, bad game games, for him, he doesn't even shoot, but two, three times. His bad game should be like Taylor's trending up like eight points, five rebounds yeah. where because I mean, he's playing 35 minutes, and yeah, I mean that should be his down games. Yeah, games where you don't get in the flow, or every time a shot goes up, you're not in the rotation where the ball is. There's sometimes that's going to happen, but I mean, he has games where he just he just disappears. It just kind of so, okay. Yeah, it's hard to know how to trend him. Uh, so I'll take I'll take the last two just because because I want to Clay. That's why I'm taking them. Uh, so my big two. These are my big two. So Hendricks. I gave him three arrows trending down. He, I am so over this guy. I can't stand it. Yeah. I mean, nice guy from all intents and purposes. I mean, I'm not saying anything about him personally, but like Mueller, I'm ready to see this chump go. Oh, he just, I hey, that's him. personal. <laughs> so in those last seven games, and it's a lot of it's on Edwards though. Cause when you got a guy struggling game after game, after game, after game, and you just keep throwing him out there, like he's the, like he can do no wrong and there's no consequences. He's still going to play his 37 minutes. It's just so frustrating. And that's not on at, I mean, maybe Hendricks, you know, would be better served to kind of come take a step back and then take two steps forward or something, you know, but Edwards keeps throwing him out there. What is he going to do real quick? I wish he would take the page out of banks and banks would take the page out of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the last seven games, our sharpshooter, uh, 10 of 58 from three, that's a whopping 17%. And like we mentioned before, it's not like he – that's what he's there for. He doesn't take two – I mean, I think there's a stat like he's attempting 260 shots on the air and 220 have been three-pointers. It's not like he is going to get to the free throw line and drive the hoop and he's not an assist guy. He's not a rebound guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he's a liability necessarily on defense, but he's not – like, you can make the argument, like we've talked about, like Banks is out there for his defense. Yeah. I mean, Hendricks isn't out there for that purpose. I, it just – I'm I just – I'm so over him. I cannot wait till he's gone. I, I can't watch him play anymore. Yeah. So, in the Air Force game, I just wanted to mention quick, like, I don't know if you remember back in the – I think it was the 2015 season where we went on the magical run. Yeah. There was a point in that season where Charles Hankerson Jr. Yeah. Or was this the year before? 
because it must have at the season that they went to the tournament. No, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. The, there was a point in that season where he missed like thirty consecutive shots yeah. during the season. I remember. It, and it didn't matter. He could be. It would be free throws. It could be a wide open layup. Yeah. He couldn't make anything. Yeah. So that's where I think Hendricks is trending because yesterday there was one time. Well, like he sucked from shooting. Just, but there was one time where he was just dribbling the ball at the top of the key. No one was even really guarding on him. He just bounced it off his knee right to an Air Force guy that led to a breakaway layup or dunk. There was another time where Maldonado found him under the hoop for a wide-open layup, but he bobbled the ball, and he, by the time he recovered it, the defense had recovered. It was just like, he's just, he can't do anything at this point. I feel bad for him, but, man, I'm just ready for him to go. So, so far, the only two people we have trending down are seniors. So, uh, and the last guy I want to say, this is probably where a lot of the audience might not agree with me, but um, Brandon Porter. So he's been on the bench mostly all season, but in the last three games when he's actually got some playing time, he's scored on average in the last three games, small sample size, 8.6 points a game. So that's almost another guy that's getting you close to your, you know, your double digits. Uh, now he has his warts. Like I said, he, can be a turnover guy. He hasn't been the last three games necessarily. He's all—I mean—he's always going to be in foul trouble until he figures out that end of the side. And and maybe—and I'm not. This isn't like I'm not saying he's book smart or anything, but I don't know if he has basketball intelligence. So that's what I've got to be thinking because he's six eight, athletic six eight. Now he's undersized, but he's more of a wing. You know, think of a like a. Paul George, you know, I mean, I don't know, Paul George is a little thicker now than he probably was when he was a little younger, but I'm not comparing the two. I was just, that was body size. I'm sorry. And athleticism, uh, not like skill. Like I might've went off the rail with the Paul George, Paul George uh, comparison, uh, but he's a good shooter, athletic, good free throw shooter, good three point shooter can drive the rim, can finish above the rim. And yet we can't find a use for him. I mean, I know, like I said, he's foul trouble, and he's always grabbing out there. I don't know if that's a lack of strength like we kind of talked about, or he doesn't have the basketball intelligence. Maybe he didn't play until he was 15. I don't know, but I think he has a – okay, I want to – I've been trying to think of a way to say this, and I'm going to blow it, I'm sure, but I think he has NBA-level offensive skills, like size, athleticism, and shot. But he might – I don't know if he's got the basketball intelligence is what I'm saying. And he's always – unless he figures something out on the defensive end, he's always going to be a foul guy. I don't know. But I do think he's got a huge upside. I I don't no, think we'll ever – let me say this before. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see it. I think there's a low chance that he ever hits his ceiling or gets anywhere near there. But I think somewhere in there, there's a, just a – almost an NBA-level player. I yeah, shouldn't no, say that. I, I was told not to say that by my brother, but uh, – no. And I know what you're saying is just like you you see just these times where he like I, and I've thought that too like I'll see him just make a great move or do something athletic or just kind of you know where he scored the twelve points yeah uh, it's just like you're like golly this guy and then you'll just see him where he like you say he looks like a fish out of water or he he just may have like three of the fastest fouls ever because oh, yeah. he can't put or three himself, of the fastest turnovers yeah, ever yeah he can't put himself in a situation to you know to know when to foul or don't you know and, and part of that part of the defensive part is just being a small team that we are and things like that so 
anyhow, but long story short, yeah, he does have some great talent, and it's just hard on this team because it he's just had a hard time he's knowing enough, where to fit, you know. And that's another thing I just – I think this comes back to that Edwards comment about, like, building the program the right way. And maybe this would be building the program the wrong way, is playing a guy like Porter – more minutes, 25 minutes a night, even though he might be a foul guy. Because he's probably trying to teach him that lesson. Though. Like, you can't foul. You can't turn the ball over. You know, you got to play within the structure of the offense and defense. But wouldn't you be better off just playing a guy with a high ceiling? What does he got to lose at this point is essentially what I'm saying. Like, he's got a high ceiling. Foster's got a high ceiling. Milton's got a at least higher ceiling than what we've already seen out of Banks and Hendricks. I just – I don't get it. But Well, the good thing is, and after – all this talk, maybe this is where you're going with some of this, but you know, when you, if we can keep the youth here, okay, so people don't leave, yeah. you know, which is going to be hard to do. Yeah. Um, if you can keep those guys together and you're seeing, you know, in six games and they're six conference games, so they're not like six chunk yeah. games like Duke, your Utah, Valley State. Utah <laughs> Valley State. No, but I mean, their games in our conference, averaging eight and a half, nine and a half, eleven points, scoring twelve points in a in eleven minutes, things like that. Those types of things, if you get the right coach that understands Bingo. flow and all that, leads into what you probably want to yeah. finish with. Yeah, that's exactly the point. I think, and there's been a debate on as if there's talent on this. I think there's talent. There I mean, is. like I said, there's a piece two, three that you can add. To this roster definitely yeah. on the inside yeah. but i think there's some good talent on this team but they're just so woefully coached that it's just they can't get over that hump so i and what the program is losing isn't going to hurt us obviously from the conversation we just had yeah so yeah let's get if the right pe- if people don't leave yeah which in today's college basketball or, or just college athletics all together i mean they'll probably all leave so it's a moot yeah. point but uh, no, there is some exciting young talent. I hope they stay. I hope we get the right coach. I know we ran long, long tonight, but we had a lot to cover, and that's our fault for not throwing in a couple podcasts as, as we let these games build up. But like we said, you know, what, what could you say in a long season like this? But you and I usually manage to find a way to talk a long time about it. Yeah. So uh, we'll definitely do one more podcast just end of the season. Maybe we'll wait till there's a new coach hired. We see some of the, you know, Unless, unless this team goes on a run, then we might be forced to, you know, throw a couple podcasts in there, but that seems unlikely. So, all right. Well, I, any last words before I cut you off, Clay? Hey, let's uh, take this momentum with these young guys and finish strong. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up another edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. And as always, go Pokes. That's another edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Oberman and Clay Cates.
Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.